Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank all of you for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or you're a loyal subscriber on iTunes so you never miss a, any one of these free episodes. Thank you very much, everybody here. This is going to be a real crazy one this week. Uh, just things going on in the news and stuff I was reading online the other day and kind of thought about this at one point. I was thinking about the uh, the PMRC hearings back in the uh, mid-80s. And I'm sure those of you who are around my age or older are definitely going to be familiar with that. If you've never heard of the PMRC hearings, then definitely go look that up. Uh, it's an interesting read. Uh, initially, the show was actually going to be the rock songs that appeared on the Filthy 15 list that were created by the Washington Wives there, but I decided to go just a little bit different, but staying, you know, in the same kind of premise. I'm going to play this week what I consider to be the top 10 most controversial songs of all time. So this is going to cover all the bases, all the genres. We're going to do it all oldies metal rap it's all going to be here so uh you know even if you don't like all the songs i'm going to play here today i think you're gonna uh you know it's definitely important to hear these songs make up your own mind i think the feedback this week is going to be really interesting because i'm almost sure that all of you are going to have a major opinion one way or another about some of these songs and whether or not you even like them or you agree with them or whether they're valid or not but i think if you're listening to this show we can definitely all agree that they had the right to record them. That's for damn sure. So, kicking off the show here. Almost going to kind of go chronologically just a little bit here. Uh, so it should be uh, interesting to see the the evolution of the controversial songs. Uh, how shocking can we get as time goes on? This first song, some of you may not know just how majorly controversial this song was. It, I think this has to be like the first song that really created a national wave of controversy. This song was so controversial, it actually had an FBI file on it, and there was a 31-month investigation as to whether or not there were actual obscenities on this song. I'm talking about a song called Louie Louie. And now, actually, the the most popular version, the version I'm going to play for you here, is the one by the Kingsman, the one you you all know and love, that you're familiar with. Uh, go look up the history of this song. Like, the Wikipedia page for this, actually, is really informative. It'll tell you the whole history of it, the fact that it was a Jamaican standard uh, about a guy on a ship coming home to see his lady. And, uh, you know, I guess this is just a case where the urban legend and the myth became greater than fact. Because... There was a, uh, the, the single got banned at one point. Like I said, there were hearings, there were lawsuits, FBI got involved. I know at some point they said that they swore the guy from the Kingsman had dropped the F-bomb on there at some point. You, you go and hear all those original versions, there's no obscenities in there at all. Uh, if, if they're guilty of anything, it's just inaudible slurred dialogue. Uh, there are many theories as to why his dialogue was so slurred anyway. Some people said he had mouth surgery the day before. Some people say his microphone positioning was off, so he had to strain his neck. Uh, it's There's so many different theories about this. But, uh, you know, it's just a fun, simple little three-chord song. So here you go. This, is, uh, <laughs> this was your tax dollars at work back in the day, <laughs> investigating this uh, this frat rock classic. So here you go, kicking off the... Most controversial songs of all time. This is The Kingsman 
their version of Louie Louie. There you go. That was the Kingsman version of Louie Louie. You can find that song. At, where I got it from was the Nuggets box set that Rhino put out quite a while ago. Uh, great garage rock box set. So go check out the Nuggets set. You can also get on the one disc Nuggets from Nuggets, which is the best of the best. And, uh, you know, you can find it on iTunes. It was just a single only, so it's just one of those things. I'm sure there's a Kingsman Best Of that probably has it on there as well. I'm really not that familiar with the rest of the Kingsman catalog, to be quite honest. I'm kind of like everybody else, so, you know, we'll see. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, FBI Files. That's just crazy, the fact that they considered rock and roll to be that potentially dangerous in the society. It just... Uh, it just boggles the mind. There, there's also a lot of great cover versions of Louie Louie. I'm, I'm sure it covered, you know, just because of the fact that it was such a dangerous quote-unquote song. Uh, versions by Motorhead and uh, Joan Jett. Uh, Black Flag did a, a great punk rock version of it. There's a tons of cover versions of it. So, you know, you could do a box set on the covers of Louie Louie. That's, that's for sure. So, moving on here. Uh, the next song I'm going to play for you 
is uh, I just said I just mentioned punk rock. Of course, is I've played this band before on the show, and I'm sure you figured that this song was definitely going to be on here. This song was so controversial when it came out in England, especially that there are reports that the song actually was the number one single for that week in England, but the BBC had banned it. So, uh, you know, I've seen, uh, some people say it's it's a myth that it actually was number two. Some people say it was number one. Some say it was rigged to be number two and not number one. I, I don't know. And, and at this point, it's been so long, nobody really has a straight story for me here. I'm going to play you something by the Sex Pistols that they wrote for the Queen's Jubilee as their attack on the British monarchy. So here you go. This is Johnny Rotten, Glenn Matlock, Paul Cook, and Steve Jones with God Save the Queen.
right, that was the Sex Pistols with God Save the Queen from their debut album and pretty much their last studio album, never mind the Bullocks, there's the Sex Pistols, uh, to really get the full effect of how major and shocking this song was. And I know I've said this before, but go check out the documentary on the Sex Pistols called The Filth and the Fury. That tells the whole story. It's a great piece. One of the best documentaries I've ever seen about anybody, period. So go check it out. And, you know, I I like playing that song, too, because it's like, you know, I have nothing, you know, I don't live there, obviously, but I've I've got nothing to say about the Royals. Matter of fact, I have, like, zero opinion on them. I don't understand how we, in this country, in America at least, why we give a shit about the Royals. I mean, you know, they're on the cover of every magazine every week. I don't buy these magazines, so I realize I'm not forced to read about them, but it's like, they, they do nothing. They're, you know, they're... They're famous for being born into royalty? Like, who cares? Who really cares? I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, I know we're we're doing that over here at this point. We're making celebrities out of reality television stars, but you, you see what I'm saying here? It's almost no different. Yeah, they got a ton of money, you know? Like, I, I care that they snapped a photo of his dick the other day. I really don't care. Who cares? <sighs> All right, I'm going to calm down here. So you figure the Sex Pistols would have calmed me down, but, uh, you know, alas, no, I'm just, it's always going to bother me, I guess. But moving on here. And, uh, oh yeah, hey, here, I got one for you. little bonus for you here on Rock Strikes 10. The first two songs I played, Louie Louie and God Save the Queen, besides being on this list, and besides being very controversial in their day, uh, what else do those two songs have in common? Go ahead and pause the show. Think about it. Okay, time's up. They were both covered by Motorhead. Yes, all right. So both songs covered by Motorhead, tied it in there. That was an easy way for me to figure out what I was going to play on the first two songs here this week. So moving on to something completely different. I'm going to play a song by Prince and the Revolution. Now, you may think that I'm going to play Darling Nikki, and you would be right more often than not. That song, of course was one of the supposed big reasons why the PMRC hearing started in the first place. Now, I've seen other footage of when Tipper Gore would go on television during her crusade against these uh, so-called filthy lyrics, and I remember her referencing this song, actually. This is what really got the ball rolling. If you want to really know, this was the actual song that really raised Tipper Gore's ire originally. Uh, Now, later on, when they did do the PMRC hearing, they referenced Darling Nikki from Purple Rain. Now, I think, honestly, the reason they referenced that song, yes, the song did deal in, uh, you know, sexual innuendos, masturbation, S&M, stuff like that, but I really think they were just piggybacking off of the monster success of Purple Rain. Now, in the older interviews, she referenced this song, so I'm going to play it on the song here, because it's not as obvious, and really, you're going to be like, what's so wrong with this song? Now, it's not until the very, very end, but Prince drops a bomb lyrically on there, so that's really, you know, I can imagine the Gores all being around, eating dinner, listening to 1999, and you hear, you know, 1999, and then Little Red Corvette is the second track. It's like, oh, that's a nice song. Meanwhile, not realizing that Little Red Corvette is dick. But then this song comes on. This is track three on the 1999 album by Prince. This is Let's Pretend We're Married.
All right, that was Prince and the Revolution with Let's Pretend We're Married from the 1982 album called 1999. And like I said, that's the song that really got the ball rolling on the PMRC thing. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be another excuse down the road to play Darling Nikki, so I figured I'd go with that and give you the real story and not just, you know, something that's been repeated over and over again and presented as fact. Let's just say it how it was. They were piggybacking off the success of Purple Rain. That's all there was to it. So staying on topic, actually, here with the PMRC hearing, the original reason I started to do this show in the first place, going to play you uh, probably number one with a bullet on the PMRC Filthy 15 list. You knew it was coming, so here you go. This is Wasp with Animal Fuck Like a Beast. Blackie Lawless and company, better known as Wasp, 
with Animal Fuck Like a Beast. Yes, good times there. Uh, that song originally was supposed to be on their very first self-titled album, but the record label made them uh, delete the track off of it. I guess they bowed into the possible pressure from what was going on from the original PMRC happenings. Uh, since the album came out in 1984, that might be true, actually. Uh, not entirely sure, but either way, I don't think the label was happy with the song, no matter what it was. So uh, the song was reinstilled on the 1998 reissue, so go get that version. I recommend it. It's got a lot of good songs in there, actually. It's got I Want to Be Somebody, L-O-V-E Machine, stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's it's a lot of fun. I think it's a cool record. I I like all the 80s Wasp stuff, and the stuff they did afterwards pretty good, too. So uh, not a bad band at all, you know. They were, they were pretty shock rock, but uh, they were pretty enjoyable, to me at least. Good example of uh, Sunset Strip heavy metal. Yes. I like the shock rock, you know. That's kind of one of my uh, favorite genres, I gotta, I gotta say. And if you listened to the Halloween episodes last year, you, you know that to be true. Looking forward to doing those again this year. Those are coming up sooner than you think. But anyway, moving on here, staying on the list of the most controversial songs of all time, much like we talked about Louie Louie at the top of the show, this next song, uh, this song was so controversial, uh, there was an FBI file put out on the entire band talking about a late 80s rap group called NWA. I think most of you out there know what NWA stands for, so I won't say it. Uh, But they uh, definitely pulled no punches, and... You know, you want to talk about shock rock. They did the exact same thing. Yes, they talked about true things that were going on in their neck of the woods, but they also accented and, you know, made up things for the sake of the music. That's very shock rock, so I definitely consider them to be a shock rock band. Uh, If you don't believe me, check this out. This song, they're not pulling any punches of any kind on this song, so here you go. Uh, This is a love it or hate it song. This is Fuck the Police. NWA court is in full effect. Judge Dre residing. In the case of NWA versus the police department, prosecuting attorneys are MC Brand, Ice Cube, and Easy Motherfucking E. Order, order, order. Ice Cube, take the motherfucking stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help your black ass? You goddamn right. But won't you tell everybody what the fuck you gotta say? Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad cause I'm brown And not the other color so police think They have the authority to kill a minority Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one For a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on And thrown in jail we can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell Fucking with me cause I'm a teenager With a little bit of gold and a pager Searching my car, looking for the product Thinking every nigga is selling narcotics You'd rather see me in the pen than me and Lorenzo rolling in a benzo. Be the police out of shape. And when I finish, bring the yellow tape to tape off the scene of the slaughter. Still getting swallowed up bread and water. I don't know if they fags or what. Search a nigga down and grabbing his nuts. And on the other hand, without a gun, they can't get none. But don't let it be a black and a white one. Cause they'll slam you down to the street top. Black police showing out for the white cop. Something to say. Fuck the police. Fuck, 
MC Ren, will you please give your testimony to the jury about this fucked up incident? Fuck the police and Ren said it with authority. Because the niggas on the street is a majority of gang. It's with whoever I'm stepping. And a motherfucking weapon is kept in a stash spot for the so-called law. Wishing Ren was a nigga that they never saw. Lights start flashing behind me. But they're scared of a nigga, so they mace me to blind me. But that shit don't work, I just laugh. Because it gives them a hint not to step in my path. For police, I'm saying, fuck you, punk. Read my rights and shit, it's all junk. Pulling out a silly club, so you stand with a fake-ass badge and a gun in your hand. But take off the gun so you can see what's up. And we'll go at it, punk, and I'ma fuck you up. Make you think I'ma kick your ass. But drop your cat, and Red's gonna blast. I'm sneaky as fuck when it comes to crime. But I'ma smoke them now and not next time Smoke any motherfucker that sweats me Any asshole that threatens me I'ma snipe him with a hell of a scope Taking out a cop or two They can't cope with me The motherfucking villain that's mad With potential to get bad as fuck So I'ma turn it around Put in my clip, yo, and this is the sound Yeah, something like that But it all depends on the size of the gap Taking out a police would make my day Rand don't give a fuck to say. song obviously their most famous and most infamous song fuck the police off of their 1988 album called straight out of compton now i said before before i played the song you know i was talking about shock rock like we played with the wasp track earlier and uh you know i had said that i considered nwa to be a shock rock act 
And the reason I said that, uh, and I'll elaborate on it here, and I'll give you my opinion on the song also, and on the uh, general context of the song as well. Not that you were asking for it, but hey, you're listening to the show, so I guess you care a little bit about my opinion. Like I said, this band, you know, when you look at the history of the members, the individual members of NWA, two of them uh, could definitely say they were legitimately from the streets, on the streets, dealt with the streets. That was Eazy-E and MC Ren. Now, Dr. Dre, historically, uh, is what they call a quote-unquote studio gangster. Ice Cube as well. Ice Cube was a very well-educated man even before NWA. So it's like two guys playing gangster and two guys that were real-life gangsters that did that kind of stuff. You know, street guys. Now, I'm not going to dig myself into a hole further here, but basically what I'm saying is the fantasy role-play aspect of NWA, they didn't really talk about that during that time because it would have been bad for their image. Obviously, they played it up to the hilt. Whether they played it up for the sake of getting their message across because they wanted it that way, or they just strictly did it for the money, I can't say. I don't know. I don't know these things. I wasn't there. But what I'm saying is what they did is no different than anything you hear at the time, like in a Motley song or a Wasp song or anything else like that. I think that part has been very understated, and I think anybody that would tell you different may not be colorblind. That's all I'm saying. What do I think of the song? Yes, of course, I include the song for the historical purpose of the nature of the theme of the show this week. Yes. Do I think fuck the police? No, I don't. I do not. I believe that the song can be what you want it to, whether they're attacking an individual police member or the police as a whole. Now, I choose to approach it as bad cops bad, good cops good. It's the best way I can put it. I don't support any unit on an overall basis. I don't blanket it. There's good cops, there's bad cops. There's good troops, there's bad troops. Just like any other group of people, just like anybody. That's how I feel. So for the ones who abuse their power in a negative way, and you do not contribute to society at all, yeah, fuck you. There you go. That's what I have to say. So now, moving on. Let's stay controversial here. But of course, we're going into the end now for something completely different moment. Once again, going to play a song by one of the more underrated bands of all time, a band called XTC. I'm a big XTC fan. These guys are truly one of the kings of power pop. They could write a catchy song. Andy Partridge, very, very intuitive and smart lyricist. So, he chose to write a song called Dear God. Now, I talked about polarizing before. This one is going to be the exact same thing. You're either going to love this song or you're going to hate it. I can't really set it up any other way than that. But if you have major heavy religious beliefs, you are not going to be a fan of this song. But here you go. This is XTC with Dear God.
XTC with Dear God from their 1986 album called Skylarking. Uh, fun fact about the song before we get to the elephant in the room. Uh, the girl singing at the very beginning of that song was actually Todd Rundgren's little daughter at the time. Todd Rundgren produced that track and her daughter Jasmine sang on that first line. Now I remember the video pretty well and they used a little boy in there so there you go. That's funny to me. Uh, now to the heavy and deep stuff. Like I said, I think people are either going to love or hate this song. Now, that's your opinion, and you can absolutely stick to it, and I'll respect your opinion on that. I think the song raises some good questions. It's not just completely out and out writing it off, right? It's asking the question, and I think if you ask a question of anything, it means you are willing to participate in some kind of intelligent dialogue. And I think this song is a great example of that. I think. Any intelligent person, no matter what their age is, no matter what they've been through, I think the question always deserves to be asked, no matter what it is. That's the only way we can truly evolve, right? That's how I feel, at least. And I'm going to stop there, because I'm not going to get on any kind of soapbox, religious or otherwise. Well, otherwise. We'll just say I won't get on a religious or political soapbox. And then we can all remain friends, right? Because that, that's just how it is in this world. Oh, yes, and I, I failed to mention that the BBC actually did ban that song when it was initially released in the summer of 87. They banned the song, but weirdly enough, I remember MTV playing it over here. I wonder if they played it over in MTV Europe all that much. I'm, I'm assuming they probably did, actually, because XTC was a lot bigger down there. And if the song hadn't been banned by the BBC and... You know, I'm sure American Radio would have never picked up this song anyway, but I can only imagine just how much of a shitstorm this song would have caused if it had crossed over, that being said. But alright, moving on to the next song here. Uh, This is a song that was out-and-out condemned by church leaders, concerned parents, things such as that, and it's a clear open-and-shut case for me because it just proves that people will believe anything if you repeat it enough. I'm going to play a song by no stranger to Rock Strikes 10, Mr. Ozzy Osbourne, a song called Suicide Solution. Now, in this case, all of those people thought that the word solution actually meant the solution to a problem. Not true whatsoever. Ozzy Osbourne wrote this song at the turn of the 80s when one of his best friends, Bon Scott, then lead singer of ACDC, Pretty much killed himself with his alcohol addiction. Now, uh, he actually didn't drink himself to death. He passed out in the back of his car during the winter and froze to death. But still, alcohol was obviously a major contributor 
to the death of Bon Scott. I don't think that there's any argument there at all. Now, obviously, Ozzy Osbourne at the time writing a song about the dangers of alcoholism is going to be met with some cynicism, and, and of course, it's very ironic. But, you know, he, he lived through it. He got there on the, the good side of things. And, like I said, this song is an anti-alcohol song. It is not saying kill yourself, I think. The song is pretty apparent if you just listen to the lyrics once or twice. And uh, I remember seeing one of those, uh, I think it was either the uh, one of those religious guys on TV, you know, those specials they used to show back when we were kids about the evils of rock and stuff like that. And this guy was on there going, in that song you could hear him go, get the gun, get the gun, shoot, shoot, shoot. And for those of you, now that I put it in your head, you probably will hear it, but he's not saying that. So there you go, you be the judge, right? This is Ozzy Osbourne off the classic 1981 album, Blizzard of Oz. This is Suicide Solution.
right, there you go. That was Ozzy Osbourne with the original Blizzard of Oz band, of course, with Randy Rhodes on lead guitar there with Suicide Solution. And speaking of trials, this song definitely put this entire band on trial. I think you know what I'm going to go with here. What a segue. going to play something by Judas Priest, who did spend uh, quite a few months on trial for a cover song that they put on their Stained Class record. Uh, originally, the song was by a band called Spooky Tooth, and the song is called Better By You, Better Than Me. Now, the fact that this actually went to trial is very ridiculous when you go look into it and read everything about it. I mean, I knew it was bull then, but you read these articles and it was like, supposedly, these two drug-addicted, alcoholic, that just happened to be Judas Priest fans, happened to be playing this album. Uh, in whatever, the cemetery or playground area at night where they were taking drugs and drinking a lot and they decided to make a suicide pact and kill themselves, possibly or maybe not, while this song was playing in the background. And what led them to do that were the quote-unquote backwards subliminal messages in the lyrics. Now, to me, I recall that if I ever went anywhere and did anything with my friends listening to music, that we did it on a boombox with a cassette. I don't know exactly how you take a vinyl record out and also while you're holding your whiskey bottle or a gun and are able to go with the record. I don't know how they pulled that off, but uh, it's too bad that uh, one of them died and one of them got brain damage for the rest of his life because then we could ask them how they made this incredible scientific breakthrough. But enough of my yakking. Here you go. This is the Spooky Tooth song that Judas Priest covered on the Stained Class record that made them spend a few months in court over nothing. This is Better By You, Better Than Me. Yes, I 
All right, there you go. That was Judas Priest with Better By You, Better Than Me off the Stained Class record. That's a great record, by the way, so go get that. And I feel very comfortable in recommending that record to you, knowing that not one of you is going to actually kill yourselves over the purchase of it. Anyway, moving on here. You know, there were uh, quite a few songs that I thought about putting on this list, uh, and I've cut quite a few off of this particular episode, of course, because I limited it to ten. And the other reason, I think that certain elements of the song just don't lend itself to being as controversial as one or the other. There were songs that definitely raised a lot of controversy in their day, and they seem to kind of have kind of died off as time has gone on. I, I think a lot of them, you know, they, they're good for shock value, but, you know, may, maybe not so much anymore. Yeah, there were songs like Prodigy, Smack My Bitch Up, and uh, Guns N' Roses, One in a Million, I am not including on this show. Not for any reason other than I think that the ten I'm including on here are way more controversial and had a, a longer-lasting impact. Uh, the next one I'm going to play for you here is kind of, I guess, I'd have to say kind of in lines of the NWA track, as is this is another rap song, but I think this is also one of those ones I'm surprised, I'm really surprised that this song uh, did not have more backlash. Even though it did really at the time, I think a lot of it was put on from the band's side more so than the other side. Now, I could be wrong about this, but that's just my memory of it. I'm going to play you something by Public Enemy here, and I've played Public Enemy on the show I think at least a couple of times. Uh, this song is pretty heavy, and it's one of those things where even though I am playing this song, I kind of do that, well, I can't see that side of it, and I can't see that side of it. I'm really not in major agreement with either side that is the issue here. And I understand what Chuck D is saying in this song, but obviously the approach, whether he was doing it to convey an image and he wasn't all in on it, or he really meant it, I am not sure. I'm not saying that Chuck is a liar. I'm just saying some things are kind of exaggerated in the entertainment world. So I really don't know why he chose to do the song this way or approach it this way. Whether you hear the song or see the video for this, all in all, basically, it's talking about going to Arizona to kill the current governor of Arizona in the early 90s because uh, he out and out refused to observe the birthday of Martin Luther King. So in this song and in the video, drastic measures are taken for the purpose of basically ending racism by any means necessary. You may not agree with it, but I gotta say, it's at least interesting and entertaining. Let me know what you think. Until then, check it out. And the track on this is heavy. Musically, I think you're going to dig the song. What's said in it, maybe you don't. Maybe you do. I don't know. Let me know. But here you go. Let's, let's get a little dialogue going on here with Public Enemy. And by the time I get to Arizona. Running things under his thumb 
Isn't it odd and unique? Seeing people smile while in the heat 120 degrees Cause I wanna be free What's a smiling face When the whole state's racist? Why well, I want a holiday, damn it Cause I wanna So if I celebrate it Standing on the corner I ain't drinking no 40 Drinking time of the night Till we get some land Call me the trigger man Looking for the governor huh? He ain't loving you high But hear the trouble yeah, He's rubbing you wrong Get the point and come along If it gets to the joint I urinated on the state While I was kicking this song Yeah, you better be fair The sucker over there He tried to keep it yesteryear The good old days The same old ways That kept us dying Hey, yes, you Me, myself, and I indeed What he need is a nosebleed Be between the lines And think you see the lie Politically planned And understand that's all she wrote When we see the real side To hide behind a boat And they can't understand Why he the man Who's singing by the king They don't like it When I decide to make it Wait, I'm waiting for the day For the man who demands respect Cause he was great Come on, I'm on a one mission To get a politician to honor Or he's a donor by the time I get So I pray, I pray every day I do every shot of maker. Looking for culture, I got but not here for Jamaica. Pushing and shaking the structure, bringing down a Babylon. Here in the circle to make it hard for the brown. The hard full of what I need it now. More than ever now, who's sitting on my freedom oppressor? People beat her, a piece of the pick. We picked a piece of the land we're serving now. Reparation, a piece of the nation. Damn, we got the nerve. Another nigga they saying classify, we want too much. My people plus the nine is mine. Don't think I even double touch. Brother, my attitude is hit, I'm hang up high I'm blowing up the 90s, started ticking in 86 When I'm blind, get a mind, better stop fearing while we singing now There will be the day we know who's down and who will go, 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 go By the time I get to Arizona By the time I get to Arizona By the time I get to Arizona There you go. That was Public Enemy with the amazing production of the Bomb Squad there with By the Time I Get to Arizona. That was originally on the 1991 album called Apocalypse 91, The Enemy Strikes Black. Uh, that also is uh, also appearing on that record are some really good songs like Can't Trust It and Night Train and their duet with Anthrax, Bring the Noise, is all on that record. So uh, it's, it's a very good record in my opinion. Like I said, I'd be curious to know what your opinion is on this song. So. This next one, it's it's not going to get any easier. <laughs> so this song, I think, is probably the most controversial song of all time. It crossed many different feelings about what people had about the First Amendment 
and whether uh, you know yes they have a right to say it but should they say it and that went on this went on forever and you know i i really like the album <laughs> and now i read ice t's book and i really like ice t i respect the guy is a guy that came from nothing and now is a you know a major success actor millionaire rap artist uh he's done it all you know he's got a damn reality show now and you know what he deserves everything he can get because uh, he was smart enough to get out of the situation he was in. The situation he was in before all this, he covered in his autobiography, his, his original one. Now, now I read it. So, since I've read it, I understand why he would write a song called Cop Killer. And I'm not saying, and, you know, I, I do believe that what he's saying is, I'm not saying kill all cops. He's basically going after a select group of cops that he grew up with in the neighborhoods that he grew up in. Got to get back here to the controversy of the song Cop Killer. Now, I grew up during the Cop Killer controversy, and the thing that was really interesting to me about it, and, you know, even I said it and a lot of other people said it, they really sold this to the media like it was a rap song. And, you know, if anybody that didn't hear the song, and a lot of them didn't hear the song, uh, they would just think that it's Ice-T the rapper doing a song called Cop Killer. Now, Ice-T started this heavy metal and hardcore punk act called Body Count with his uh, friend Ernie C. And it's straight up metal and punk hardcore. Now, every time this song was talked about on the news or anything like that, they never referred to this as a rock and roll song. They always just talked about rapper Ice-T. Now, I thought that was really interesting how they sold that to America. And I guarantee you 99% of the public has still never heard this song. So I think there was, and you know, but I felt like they were being completely racist the way they sold Cop Killer to the public as an evil rap song. And Ice-T said, you know, like, they're never going to completely damn rock and roll because it's the stuff they grew up on. But for those of you who just never figured it out, it's a damn metal song, all right? <laughs> so here you go. And I'm going to go ahead and put the intro to the song on here, too, because I feel it's important enough. This is why he wrote the song. Like I said, this is going to create tons of dialogue, too, I'm assuming. And I just, you know, I have to say, this has got to be the most controversial song of all time. I'm not going to sugarcoat it in any way. Uh, it's a revenge fantasy song about killing brutal cops. There you go. This is Body Count, the band with Cop Killer. This next record is dedicated to some personal friends of mine, the LAPD. For every cop that has ever taken advantage of somebody, beat them down or hurt them because they got long hair, listen to the wrong kind of music, wrong color, whatever they thought was the reason to do it. For every one of those fucking police, I'd like to take a pig out here in this parking lot and shoot them in their motherfucking face.
After the cops called this embargo against Warner Brothers, they moved into criminal activity. They sent death threats to Warner Brothers. They actually sent two bombs to the label. These came either from police or police sympathizers. There is no way I can prove that the bombs came from the police, but they did make death threats. They made death threats to the president of Warner Brothers, Lenny Warnaker. Do you know where your kids are? Somebody went to my 15-year-old daughter's high school and pulled her out of her class and asked her questions about me. I mean, real tacky shit. These are supposed to be the people who are upholding justice. You can read any paper and you'll never find anybody who said, where does Ice-T get the anger to make the record? The cops never accused me of faking the anger. They knew it was real. They were just saying, why would you, Warner Brothers, 
put it on a record. I've had cops come up to me and say, Ice, I feel like killing some of the guys I work with. Others say, we ain't all bad, Ice. That means a lot to me. Even the thought they would think that I'm worthy of being spoken to is cool. They care that I care. All right, there you go. I wanted to include that part after the track. That was from the audio of Ice T's autobiography, The Ice Opinion. Those were a few excerpts discussing the fallout and some things that happened as a result of the Body Count song, Cop Killer. So there you go. That was the song Cop Killer by Body Count off of the album Body Count. And another twist that happened because of this song, the thing that was really funny to me about the whole controversy at the time is that go back and check the album was dead the album had flopped it had sold to a very minor minor audience and i I remember them playing the first single off of that album there goes the neighborhood on headbangers ball on mtv and that's how i learned about the band so i was like oh this is cool you know and then the album just kind of it went away it, it, then like a few months later it got resurrected by the controversy of Cop Killer I just thought that was really weird because that album could have just disappeared into the night and nobody would have noticed like not really not on a mainstream level that's for sure so it's just you know I, I remember I saying well it was an election year they had to talk about something <laughs> but I, I hope you liked all the excerpts there and I, I thought that was I thought I wanted to include that because it's a, it's a much more introspective IC. Uh, and I hope you enjoy the whole show here this week. I want to thank you for tuning in here. If you have anything to talk about, about this episode or anything else, I'd love to hear your comments, especially on this episode. So go to cnjradio.com. You can email me personally, joey at cnjradio.com. On the website, there's also all the episodes, maybe some you've missed. So go check them out. There's the link to the Facebook, the Twitter, and all of that. I appreciate everybody that writes to me. And even if you don't write to me, I really do appreciate you. I'm really glad you listen. I don't want you to think that I don't appreciate you listening. Uh, But I'd like to hear from you. So if you've never written to the show, please do. I'd love to hear from you. And I'll keep saying that over and over again. So thanks again for listening this week. We'll be back on the next one. Till then, have fun. Please don't ban the episode. I'm people like you, we think we